Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group at RSA Conference 2014. I'm here with Phil Duncanberger and Mark Brasino of Knock Knock Labs, also a founding member of FIDO, to talk with them about the need for stronger authentication in the wake of many stolen credentials that we've seen that have led to recent retail breaches. Before we jump into some of that, though, Phil, could you tell us a bit about the role that Knock Knock Labs plays on the FIDO Alliance? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Knock Knock Labs was actually created as the first company to try to build essentially this idea of enabling strong authentication. The FIDO Alliance was really set up as an industry group that wants to build a standard way to plug and play strong authentication. So think strong multi-factor authentication like biometrics, multi-digit pins, using some things that your device already has like a camera, a microphone, etc. to be able to second factor of authentication you as a user. And the idea behind it is very simple. You have a device, a phone, a tablet, a laptop, a desktop, and you interact with that device. Today, many systems backends rely on what we call implied authentication. It's really not your username and password they use, that's just one. It's what uh, address you came in off, off the internet, it's what kind of device you always use, it's what kind of transactions you do. What the industry really wants is a much stronger way to authenticate you with your device. Hence, won't biometrics be good? Won't something you might have in your pocket, like a small SD card that you can plug in? So it's something you know, something you have, that can be married with your device and then married to the back-end system. The beauty of it, it recreates the perimeter around strong authentication, not just simple weak authenticators like username and password. Talking about weak authenticators, a lot of what we've talked about in some of these recent retail breaches is some of the exposure or the risk that we face because of so-called simple credentials. How do you define simple? Uh, simple credentials can be uh, anything from no credential at all, meaning you basically go to a site and it lets you transact. There's actually sites where there's no login at all. Other sites ask you to do something like a simple credential such as username and password. Or it might be, you know, pick a picture out of seven pictures that you did in the past. All of those are ways of doing uh, simple authentication. And the way you make those essentially harder is you make the login more complicated. And so, Phil, how does the FIDO authentication spec address some of these simple credential risks? Well, first and foremost, it gives you a risk-based ability to decide what kind of authenticator you want to use. So you can start out, if it's, let's say, a non-financial transaction with something like a username and password, or pick a simple picture that you recognize. Those are all very valid ways of authenticating certain types of transactions. But if you really look at the transactions people want to do, pay their mortgage, move money, take money out of an ATM, those are more complicated transactions. Pay for something online, mobile commerce. And those are going to require more call it scrutiny by the receiving party. Many of them are regulated industries that require you to have more. So the idea of a simple password or a simple uh, select from a list then goes up in magnitudes. The beauty of what FIDO is doing is saying, we'll allow you to use fingerprint sensors, iris scanners, heartbeat, six-digit pins that are uniquely created, and doing it all with very strong privacy concerns. One, it doesn't store any of the information, any of those biometrics, anything, anywhere than on your device. So we're not creating some big biometric target in the sky for hackers to go after. The second thing is, is it only uses whatever authentication that is chosen to do what's called a public-private key exchange. And the private keys always remain on your device. So from a privacy standpoint, it really is starting to talk about legitimizing strong personal credentials that are privately kept by the individual. 
It uses a strong security metric that is well-founded in industry and national security bodies all over the world, public-private key exchange. It reduces cost dramatically of deploying multi-factor authentication, in some cases by 10x. And last but not least, it creates a much easier-to-use paradigm. I can now swipe a finger or say pay with PayPal or say pay my mortgage or scan my iris or use my heartbeat. All things that are already there. I don't have to remember anything else. And so with this FIDO protocol or, or FIDO spec, how would compliance or conformance to this particular protocol have prevented some of the recent retail breaches that we've talked about in the industry, such as Neiman Marcus and Target? Uh, traditionally, the e-commerce systems used by uh, large retailers uh, such as Neiman Marcus and Target are based on large databases that are containing tens of millions of credit cards and uh, in the case of their online offerings, tens of millions of user IDs and passwords. Um, whenever you store high-value information that directly provides access to users' financial uh, information or, or ideally, of course, directly to their accounts from the perspective of the bad guy, uh, you're creating an attractive target for the attackers. In the case of the FIDO protocol, the server that is deployed at the relying party, such as a financial institution, contains absolutely no uh, confidential or secret information that needs to be kept from the attackers. All that is stored on the server are public keys that have no value. Even if an attacker were to breach the server, uh, the public keys would have no value for the attacker to impersonate the uh, legitimate user on that website, much less any other site. And are retailers and banking institutions embracing this new FIDO protocol? Yes, we're, we're seeing quite some uptake, especially from the banking sector. When the Fight Alliance started last year with six members, um, PayPal was the one financial services uh, firm that was part of it. The Fight Alliance, uh, today we have uh, not just PayPal, but also Discover, uh, MasterCard. You have a number of people that have joined the Fight Alliance. You simply can add this to existing systems and existing fraud systems, etc., that are going to give you a much better capability. Because really it's always about making it much more more costly for the attacker and harder for the attacker to gain access and then do what they're going to do. In the case of the HVAC, supposedly the HVAC credential being stolen by the person that attacked Target, it would have been much tougher for them to go get that HVAC because they would have needed the device it was on. So not just stealing a username and password, they would have had to steal the device. They would have had to have some capability, say the biometric, to replicate the biometric, and they would have had to know the public-private key pair. And as I said, in the interim, Target systems could have said, gee, even though you've got all the components of FIDO, would still like some more. One of the beauties of FIDO is it isn't limited to one authenticator. I can set up a series of authenticators, voice, iris, password, all the data that you might have, what were your last transaction that you're used to asking sometimes from a bank, all those still play. And the cool thing is at any point during the transaction, a back-end system can query you and say, so give me some more information. I think that the retail breaches have really put a spotlight on a lot of the, the challenges that the industry faces when it comes to the use of simple passwords or, as Mark noted, these databases that are storing a number of email addresses and a lot of PII. But what about mobile commerce? Is there headway being made in the mobile space as far as the 
FIDO protocol is concerned. Well, interestingly enough, today it was announced at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona that both Samsung and PayPal have worked together on implementing the FIDO protocols to be able to essentially use biometrics as a multi-factor authenticator to do mobile commerce using PayPal as the back-end commerce engine. Now, if you think about that, the way FIDO is designed to work, if you're a bank or other institution, that FIDO standard is they're working toward. Ultimately, someday, those phones could be used to be able to do all kinds of other buying, trading on uh, trading for. They could be able to use on a banking system. They could be able to use to pay your mortgage, not just what we think is traditional commerce with PayPal, but using payment systems much more broadly on what is really turning into device of choice, the mobile device, the mobile smartphone. And the beauty of the FIDO, again, is if you don't have a fingerprint, as was announced today, it isn't on your new build of your phone, you can use a PIN, you can use a voice token, you can use a micro SD card. All of that works today with your phones today and the FIDO protocol today. So mobile commerce is probably the best factor that banks and other financial institutions can upgrade using the FIDO protocol. And so this announcement that you mentioned that, that came out today, what do you think that's going to mean as far as adoption or help to accelerate adoption of the FIDO protocol? Well, I think that one of the things, FIDO is both a client and server protocol from the standpoint of the way it's designed. And from a distribution of the client, one of the, the beauties of being able to distribute the FIDO client, you can distribute it in a browser, you can distribute it in a component like a plug-in of some kind, think a USB plug-in or a micro SD card plug-in for your phone. Or you can really go to the top end of security, strong, stronger, strongest, is you can put it in the chipset on the phone itself. And one of the members of the FIDO Alliance, Trustonic, is the security arm spin-out of the ARM processing group that runs 98% of the world's phones. Trustonic has the ability to embed FIDO at its kernel level and be able to generate a one-time public-private key pair in the firmware, which is about as strong uh, implementation as you can get. One of the real struggles people have had with uh, phones is they're underpowered. They don't give you the footprint to query them the way you do a PC or a desktop. So tablets and phones, they, they tend to be a smaller memory footprint, a little bit you know, less processing capability. But the fundamental piece of this is, is it changes the attack paradigm that's saying, I'm going to generate a public-private FIDO-enabled key pair from the chipset itself. Really hard to tamper with that in hardware. Mark, you mentioned something earlier about uh, the Mobile Connect effort that you said was going to be directed at banking institutions. Can you explain what Mobile Connect is? I'm sure. Mobile Connect is a new initiative by the GSM Association announced at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona today. The effort is based on a federation protocol called OpenID Connect that similar to some uh, some traditional enterprise protocols that, that, that are being deployed in many banking institutions called uh, SAML, allows you to take an initial authentication and, and then take that authentication and federate it out to a number of backend systems, either, either within the same relying party, within the same financial institution, or between different financial institutions. The FIDO protocol is an ideal companion to federation systems such as OpenID Connect and SAML. While the federation systems allow you to federate out an authentication, uh, they are extremely sensitive, as Phil mentioned earlier, uh, to the initial authentication. The initial authentication, the, init the first mile of authentication as we call it, that FIDO provides allows for a very strong initial authentication into the federation system and therefore the federation system can have high confidence that uh, the user that purports 
university will wish to use the, feder the federated credentials across a variety of sites is in fact the correct user. So the idea being that if you've got a FIDO-enabled SIM card, so SIM cards, secure SIM cards, this idea of mobile operators working with banks to create a good ecosystem of, of, of mobile phones working with banks based on the SIM, secure SIM card. FIDO gives you the ability to talk to that SIM card with a biometric, again, with all of the other things FIDO does, it allows you to work with that SIM card with a stronger set of multi-factor authenticators versus just a username and password. One of the real tough things over the years was a lot of the people that were doing federation protocols, allowing things to uh, identify themselves and federate to other things, they were basing it on username and password. To me, that's like saying, you know, going forward to your point of weak credentials, if I've got a very weak credential that I'm now federating, I'm federating a bad idea. So if it's just a weak username and password I'm federating, that's not good. FIDO lets you do all three without paying for all that additional plumbing. And it gives you much more from a risk metaphor in the back. It gives you a much better risk profile that is the person at the keyboard who I think it is. And then Phil and Mark, before we close, could you speak a bit about where you see the FIDO protocol going in 2014 and into 2015? It seems that at least as far as the number of companies and the big brand names that have joined the FIDO alliance, that really has accelerated in the last three to four months. Do you see acceleration or adoption increasing over the next 12 to 18 months as well? It's a multi-year project. FIDO was always designed to be a multi-year project. Uh, and the step function in creating a standard, which we want, we want it to be free, essentially. We want it to be out there where people can innovate around it and build new, exciting things. But we want the basic client software to be baked in. If you remember the Wi-Fi, when we first were doing Wi-Fi, you had to go get that cool little antenna and plug it into your PC or your Mac, isn't it a lot better now that it's just built in? Ultimately, we want to see it submerged in, and we think 2015, you'll start seeing FIDO submerged into browsers, to the infrastructure, operating systems, etc. Those are the really good ideas of where you'll see it doing that. I think that 2014 is a draft spec is now out. Uh, that is for comment. Uh, I think soon following when that closes, they'll eventually be able to publish the 1.0 specification. The 1.0 specification will give members of the FIDO Alliance the right to commercially uh, deploy product. So let's call this the year of starting to work on the 1.0 specification and getting initial deployment. To give just one example of a, um, um, of a single deployment methodology, the FIDO Alliance has as its members uh, the three leading secure element manufacturers that uh, between them uh, ship 96% of the secure elements, embedded secure elements worldwide. 2014 shipments of secure elements um, are forecast to be about 450 million units. Uh, there is a secure element in virtually all uh, mobile phones. And given the strong support for the FIDO Alliance and FIDO technology by the secure element manufacturers, you can expect FIDO technologies um, being embedded in the secure elements in, in very large volumes in the second half of 2014 and going to 2015. 